Welcome back to another episode of Lauren Speaks, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Speaks, and I can't wait to dive into our topic today. It's 4 a.m. I really should be asleep, but my mind won't stop racing. So I'm writing this. My therapist says I should write more and be more consistent about journaling my thoughts. But what's to say? Nothing's changing. My emotions, my plight, or my life circumstances. No. I didn't know it would be like this. Oh God, if I only knew I never would have come. They don't tell you about this part. You know, what you have to do. I mean what you really have to do. They make it sound so simple, so harmless, so routine. But I can feel myself drowning. The people... They don't even realize I'm a human being. How absent are they? I stand right in front of them and they can't see my pain. They call themselves fans, but their fanaticism is the reason I'm so lonely. Washed of their humanity, they treat me like I'm some kind of wonder. As a matter of fact, I'm totally convinced that's what they think I am. Actually, I guess I am, but not how they think. Huh. Not much is really how they think, is it? They're so ungrateful, so deceived, so naive. They don't have problems. They can't even begin to understand what problems really are. I wish I couldn't afford to pay my phone bill some months. I wish I was enrolled at some community college being a low-key college student, beginning life with fresh hope and aspirations for the future. I wish I could be free like them. How sad. They think they're trapped. And they think I'm free. Wow. They think life would be better if they were like me. Some kids are out there dying to meet me. Last week, some kid commented they would just die if they ever got to breathe the same air. That's sickening. Poor kid. He's probably got no role models and looks to me as some kind of symbol of hope. That's disgusting. No, not for the kid. He doesn't know any better. But they don't know their role model is mentally and emotionally shattered. They don't know their role model has suicidal thoughts. They don't know that. That I'm not thriving by any means. 
They think they know what it's like to be me because of something they read in Seventeen magazine. Or maybe because they follow me on Instagram. I honestly don't know. They swear I'm letting them into my life when I post a picture with no makeup. That's called a transparency post as a part of my brand. Simply a strategy to make people feel I'm more relatable. Show them a couple acne scars and they're in love. At least that's what Pete said. And he was right. He's always right. Well, at least the majority of the time he is. He helps me with setups most of the time. You know, business. He helps me not to get so anxious when it's time for me to conduct industry business. He tries to keep everything light. I can tell he doesn't want me to think too deeply about anything. Sometimes I see him looking at me so intensively, like he's worried that maybe I'll wake up. Well, I've already woken up, but I can't let him know that. I can't let any of them know that, or else you know what comes next. It breaks my heart to hear little girls say they want to be like me. They don't know I get passed around, and here it's called doing business. You know, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. I don't know what to make of it all. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy because I have what everybody wants and I hate it. I could never let them know that, though, because they would think I'm just another Hollywood brat. Do they know their American dream comes with prescription antidepressants? Do they know their unrealistic standards of me are why I can't sleep? Do they know how many nightmares I have of myself failing? It's actually more realistic that I fail than succeed, if I'm being honest. They look at me and they think it's so easy because I have looks or, or money or connections. But that all makes it harder. Harder to explain why I don't want any of that. That I don't care about any of that because that's what's stealing my peace. Having so much that no one feels for you or even begins to try to understand you. Do they know the price of their American dream? The cost rises just a little more every day and the inflation is causing me to die slow. I didn't feel like it was a big deal at first because I was living in the moment, trying to take it all in. That's when I first realized I had made it. It was hype and surreal at first in the beginning when it seemed like a dream come true. So excited to sign my first contract. I'll never forget that day. Mom was so proud. She took the picture of me posed with the pen in my hand, having just signed my name on an important document for the first time. 
we put that picture up on the fridge. Back then, that was our sign of hope, the start of a brand new life, the first page of many chapters to come. It meant a lot to me to hear my mom stop crying and finally see her happy. That day, I saw her beaming, eyes filled with hope that I could have a better future. And likewise, that was the day that I decided I loved acting. That's the part of the story I always leave out on interviews. I just tell them I knew I wanted to act since I was little, and they always buy it. Post a couple candid photos from childhood on Instagram, and they're gushing. They swear they've been knowing you all their life. And you always have that one person in the comments that just has to post that they're your lookalike from childhood. Anyways, I digress, but you get the point. It's just all so fake. Sometimes I have some pretty dark thoughts. Or at least they sound dark to me. I don't mention them to anyone because I know they'll just crank up my medications or worse, give me something I'm not familiar with and can't monitor at all. So I just keep a lot of those thoughts to myself. But I have friends that are in my position or at least can relate because we have similar lives. They make me feel a sense of comfort because they understand me in a way that few people in the world do. It's like we have telekinesis. We communicate in symbols because it's rarely safe to talk. But there isn't even much to say because our pain is so familiar. It's comforting to know you're not the only one in the world going through this madness, bearing this inhumane weight, this stress, this shame. Shame for knowing I'm not what they think I am. I'm just a fragmented human being. It scares me when I think about how expendable I am, how quickly they could replace me whenever they've had enough of me. They say I'm so special. They say I'm so gifted. They speak about me in such high esteem, constant flattery revered with such high praises. But I wince at every accolade, knowing I'm a million miles away from their perfect role model. Oh, sure, they give me room to be young, to make juvenile mistakes here and there. But it's so much deeper than that. I live in a perpetual state of duality that makes me wonder sometimes if I'm coming or going. My life is simply an illusion. People say they love me, but never stick around long enough to see if I'm okay. The question is routine, but no one really wants to know. I've learned that's what medication's for. To numb the pain. To keep me delusional and unaware of how abnormal my life truly is. To stop me from investigating the emptiness I feel. To talk is forbidden. They say I'll destroy everything I've worked to build if I do. But it's really them that have the power to destroy it. Sure, 
I look influential to the public. But that's because no one understands how the game works. My connections become null and void if I ever say what's really going on. As a matter of fact, they would be the very ones to make sure I never work again. My looks won't be nearly as flawless without a stylist and makeup artist and the rest of my team who puts me together in a perfect piece by piece. Without them, I wouldn't stand out because there are too many people that look like me eager to take my spot. Believe me, I've seen them. And I'm only what I am because of what they let me be. To lessen my load, I, I try to tell them how imperfect I am. I, I try to say it as much as I can without making my PR manager cringe for what he calls overdoing it. But I don't do it for brand promotion or false humility. I say it for my conscience. I'm not able to talk, so I try to drop hints that I'm hoping someone's concerned enough to catch. Every opportunity I get, I try to remind them of my human frailty, how I'm really not that special, but I'm just like them. Decoded, I'm screaming, please stop following me. I can't lead you. I'm more lost and fragmented than all of you. But it just seems the more I say that, the more they find another thing about me to become enamored by. When I'm talking, I get the sense that they're never truly listening. They fixate on my level of fame, my professionally styled clothes, my external beauty, my net worth, but never what I'm actually communicating. My soul is crying out, but no one hears it. The pain is so apparent in my eyes, but no one sees it. I feel like I'm screaming, but there's no sound coming out. To worship another human being is to strip them of their humanity, but no one sees it that way, though it's the flat-footed truth. I've seen what they do when they finally realize you're not what they thought, and it's heartless. I'm terrified I'll be next because I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. So many days I wonder if I should keep playing the role or just break out and let them see who I truly am. But when I think about all the family that I have riding on me, depending on me to live their dreams, to give them a sense of pride and accomplishment, I soon forget those random untitled thoughts I have floating around in my head and decide to put on my game face and perform. Their needs never stop. My depression continues to deepen. I feel that I'm losing myself piece by piece until I'm almost not even able to recognize who I truly was before I got lost in this maze that I call life. Their once innocent support somehow turned into entitlement. They used to be grateful for whatever I could do, and I used to love helping where I could because I understand the need. But it's different now. It's like somewhere along the line, something changed. Something shifted where they no longer felt the need for gratitude. 
My thoughtful contributions and surprises became politely asked for favors, and those favors evolved into requests and eventually demands, and those demands became full-fledged entitlement. Conversations with relatives all too often become guilt trips sprinkled with reminders to never forget who I am. Though ironically, that's what I get paid to do over at this job that I do that you don't care to hear the truth about because just like everyone else, you only care about what you can get. And you know, that was the last thing I expected out of you. You of all people. But you know what they say, money's the root of all evil. Though I don't actually believe that. Because money can't make you what you're not. You had to be like that all the time and money just brought it out of you. Oh, I know they think I'm dumb. Oh, they'll never say it because I pay them. But it's evident. I hear them talking around me about contracts and deals and future plans things they want to put my name on, documents they want my signature for, the autograph I hate giving the most because I barely know what I'm authorizing half the time. Oh, sure, they include me at the meetings as they all try to look so studious and concerned for my well-being. But they're all snakes. I came to realize that a long time ago. So I've learned that it's best to never let them in on how much I'm really aware of. Sometimes I try to read up on some of those legal terms in my spare time, just so I won't be talked into anything irreversible. But in the meetings, I just pretend to stare off and daydream like I have a small attention span. It makes them think the meds are working, which helps to keep them off balance, makes it a little easier to play ball. Coming from those meetings, I just feel so exhausted, but more so entertained than anything. I've seen everything from damp eyes and quivering chins to fists angrily slammed on tables in the heat of defending my so-called best interest. Sometimes I honestly don't know what they hired me for. These people are the real actors. I've never seen so much drama in my life. It's all just another one of their setups to try to secure my trust. And that's in both senses of the word. That's because my trust is bankable. That's why everyone is always trying to get close to me. Sometimes I wonder if I truly have a friend in the world. I'm talking about more than the people I work with, party with, laugh with, pose with, travel with. I mean a real, true confidant. I wonder if a person like that even exists for someone like me. In my lowest moments, I ask God why I was created. It's a question I'm scared to even hear myself ask because I fear there will be no answer. Or worse, that he'll scold me for being here. But I know this can't be it. There has to be more. Something deep inside of me is absolutely sure of it. 
The world can't be so empty that it looks to someone as fallible as me for guidance and leadership. It simply can't be. If they want me to play the role of their savior, then the world is more hopeless than I could have ever imagined it to be. I'm simply a weak and frail human being, slave to appeasing my own corrupted appetite for my bottomless lusts, desires, and ever-changing emotions. They say I'm the people's champion, but I can barely remember to take care of myself without reminders. I wonder if they know I'm the one who bites their toenails, has painfully awkward timing, and makes the bathroom unbearable to enter after I've had spicy takeout. Would they want me then? No. Because then the ice would be broken. And they would realize there really is no barrier between me and them. They would see that I'm nothing to marvel at, just another person on this earth, desperately searching to discover their life's purpose. I guess it's just human to desire a role model. Someone to show us if we've got this thing called life figured out right. In our lowest moments, we ask what it's really about. But before God can tell us, we wipe our tears and go back to living. Suppressing the emptiness inside with a mantra or some kind of self-help method of our choice because we don't really want to know. The same way the public doesn't really want to know who I am and all my authenticity. Because with really knowing comes responsibility. Responsibility to make a choice. And choices always make you leave something behind in order to gain something else. And that's why people stand on the edge of the cliff of transformation, but so often don't leap. But for me, the stakes are higher. Because I know my life depends on this decision. To accept the temporary convenience of denial or accept the truth no matter how much it stings initially. To be popular or to be forgotten. To be praised or to be ridiculed. To be adored or to be judged. To take up my cross or be like the rich man. (sighs) Wow. My head hurts, but I realize it's now or never. And I know I've truly hit my bottom line because all kinds of creative arguments are rising up out of my head that are telling me I'm being too drastic. Just sleep on it and wait until the morning. It's just the anxiety due to the change in medications. But deep in my soul, I know that's not true. Deep in my soul, I know this is my crossroad moment. Right now, at 4.38 a.m., July 26th, while I'm sitting in bed typing this memo on my phone in the quiet darkness of my room. Darkness that is soon to be broken by yet another day with a schedule overbooked with vain and empty pursuits. Another day to keep on the hamster wheel of depravity and emptiness of which will all soon pass away. Or, 
forsake it all to pursue something of true value and purpose and secure that which is eternal. Though only attained by the complete and total surrender of all I've lived for up to this point. This is no easy decision. And time won't make it any easier, I know, because I've procrastinated answering this question countless times before. Usually due to interruptions or distractions and the overall bustle of my everyday. But here I am faced again with the same dilemma. You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'll just leave at the end of my contract. I mean, that's only, let me see, two years away? I can hold on. Yeah, I can hold on. But I feel the strangest knot in my stomach telling me I shouldn't take that chance. Oh, I mean, doesn't God know there are people depending on me? I mean, doesn't God know that I could be sued for breaking my contract? I could lose it all. I mean, it's not that simple. Or is it? I guess what is it that I'm so afraid to lose? I mean, what? Sleepless nights? Being manipulated like a puppet for the media? A fractured mind? Emotions and sense of self? A life of underlying chronic depression, maybe to one day cause me to lose the battle with my suicidal thoughts? Or to potentially lead me down a road of addiction and dependency? To live out an entire existence with no sense of true purpose? Whatever the outcome, all roads lead to destruction. I guess there's just no way to find fulfillment in what God didn't create you to do. And I know I was created for so much more than this. Well, as long as I'm still up, I might as well count the cost. I mean, what would that even look like? Well, for one thing, I know I would definitely be persecuted. I could see the headlines now. Rising millennial takes stand against Hollywood, goes on a sabbatical to find God. Yeah, I know they're going to come for me. They're going to come for me with their greatest disapproval and disgust because they can't believe I got away. Because they can't use me anymore. But I'm no stranger to suffering. I mean, what's another battle? I've suffered in silence all this time. At least for the first time, I'll be fighting for a real cause and taking a stand for truth and not some fluff written by my marketing team. You know, I, I once heard that, I once heard that God could wrap you in unexplainable peace and heal you of all your brokenness. That was when I was a kid. I didn't grow up religious, but that always stuck with me.
I guess that's why I talk to him sometimes. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's dumb. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, filling the air with my troubles. I've experienced some inexplainable ordeals in my life. Stuff I don't really talk about because I don't even know how to place it. Things I know I should have died from. Places I shouldn't have been. Moments I know my mind should have snapped from the things I saw. But I somehow found myself on the other side of it every time. Having survived what I couldn't deliver myself out of. I've only experienced it a few times in my life, but those moments felt so otherworldly. Like your soul is aware of things you're not. It's like it's trying to communicate some important cryptic message to you through the events of your life. But most of the time, I'm either too dazed or too much in my workflow to discern the message. Call me an optimist, but I'm one of those people who believes everything happens for a reason. And I know there's a reason why I couldn't sleep tonight. I mean, I don't know the last time I journaled, especially at this hour. It's like I was nudged out of my sleep just to have this conversation. I don't remember the last time I've had a moment all to myself. So quiet. So introspective. So sobering. Dear God, I'm so troubled, so afflicted, so lonely. I'm sorry for ignoring you for so long, but God, I'm terrified and I don't know where to start. I feel like I'm lost in a maze of emptiness. But Jesus, if you're real, please show me a way out. And please show me why, why I was created. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's my alarm clock. I'm stunned. It's 5.30 a.m. already. I guess it was another sleepless night. But this one wasn't like the rest. For some odd reason, I don't even feel tired. Tonight, I got answers to some of my hardest questions. And in the last hour... Direction has come to my once aimless living. And I feel a sense of clarity and inner peace that no amount of yoga or chakra 
could ever offer. I feel like I've just taken my first breath of life. You have been listening to Lauren Speaks the Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to talk to you again.